0: Gentlemen,
1: start your engines. Uh, here's what we about. Mr. Gorbachev,
0: tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan.
1: For the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and
0: preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our guest segment. We're super excited to have him back. He's been with us many times before. He is Chicago area attorney Jeremy Ramsey. Good to have you with us, Jeremy.
1: Thanks for having me on again, Jim. I always I always appreciate co- being able to come in and uh, answer hopefully all your questions. Yeah, your questions a lot and, uh, a lot going uh, on
0: in the law. Hey, uh, yeah. well, let's start by let's start <laughs> by giving get let's give everybody your website because every time you're on, people ask me how they can, and and tell people what kind of law that you practice. So if, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, at your law practice uh, to get their legal needs met as well.
1: Sure, uh, pretty simple. It's theramseylawfirm dot com uh, www.theramseylawfirm.com Um, I do a lot of, uh, I always tell people of all the things to start to learn when I was uh, a judge advocate in the army. Uh, I started doing estate planning when I was in the army as a, a lieutenant, as a judge advocate, um, started there. And then it took off a lot when my civilian practice, so I do a lot of writing wills, trust, powers of attorney, um, but then I administer estates. So I do probate. I administer trust. I sell houses. I help people buy and sell their homes. I set up corporations for people. Um, yeah, that, that's that's what pays the bills. Uh, then I'm happy to say I'm an allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom. I'm a referral attorney for Liberty Council, for Pacific Justice Institute, for Rutherford Institute, for Homeschool Legal Defense Association, a lot of groups that uh support constitutional first amendment rights um, uh one thing i do a lot of is i'm a national public speaker um, so i speak at a lot of uh men's conferences men's ministries about constitutional rights of christians um, something that is very much lacking in our country today sadly and i think we if you haven't seen it in the past 2 years then I'm sorry, but you're part of the problem. Um, <laughs> you're not paying attention. Life...
0: All right. So it's the, the yeah, Ramsey, yeah. the Ramsey law com the Ramsey law com. All right. Let's get into some of these, these stories. And uh, Jussie Smollett, or as they call him, Juicy Smollett, if you're going to use the French <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, so, so Jussie uh, staged his own white hate crime uh yeah. and 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 he he staged his own crime and it, it, it almost, it, I think several stand-up comedians now have whole bits about Jesse Smolley's uh, hate crime that he staged. But this took a while. It what would it take like a couple of years before it actually came to court? And then he was found guilty yeah. and immediately was remanded into custody, but then immediately got released. So uh, give us a little background on this case. And then what happened? How did he get put in jail and then immediately released out of jail?
1: So what I can tell you is with this case is it's a um it's the epitome of what's wrong with our legal system unfortunately uh or using uh I would say you know race motivation for your legal argument um so Mr. Smuley uh hired two individuals who worked on the show Empire with him to set up a fake uh, uh you know harassment kind of situation where of course they were uh, apparently chanting pro trump uh, sl- you know, uh slang statements and things like that, and um they threw bleach on him and they put a noose around his neck and uh, and, and yeah issued some racial statements towards him, and he reported it uh well uh, didn't take long didn't take long after he reported it uh Chicago police started investigating it and saying something's not adding up here and it was found that Mr. Smollett actually hired these two brothers to, um, you know, relate to each other that they, they, they worked on the set. Um, and they, uh, yeah, this was this. So great they were idea basically
0: like have- uh, extras in his own little hate crime yep. show that he created his own little hate crime reality show. Now, do we know yep. what his motives were in doing this? I mean, obviously we can guess that he wanted publicity and to play the victim and all of that. Um, is, is that all we can presume or did the trial expose what his real motivations were?
1: The Here's what I will say. And I think the judge who gave the sentence in this case, uh, you know, issued it perfectly. He said to Mr. Smollett, he said, essentially, you're a faker. You're, you know, essentially, you're a, a, almost like a fraud. He, you, you didn't have a racial crime. You didn't have a, you know, of course, he's with the LGBTQ uh, lifestyle. Also, he said, he you didn't suffer any type of discrimination based on either one of those things. You created this. You wasted time uh, of, you know, the Cook County Police Department, Chicago Police Department that they could actually be working on solving actual crimes to do something that was clearly politically motivated, social uh, justice motivated, and made a complete, as I see it, a complete embarrassment of the legal system altogether. It took uh, hundred and approximately $130,000 worth of uh, taxpayer dollars for the police department to find out that he committed this uh ridiculous and he still act. denies yeah. it
0: is isn't it true that he's still Absolutely. denying now what possible denial could he have because we know that these two individuals were his friends is he yep. is he is he trying to claim that his friends attacked him i mean what what is his actual <laughs> what is his actual defense to this denying that i mean he did make the report that this happened but he he these were his friends and that's been established that his friends were the ones that supposedly did this. They came forward right. and testified that they were I guess paid to do this. What possible mm-hmm. defense would he have? How could he still deny this happened based on what is now known to be the facts of this situation?
1: So here's where I think uh, this came in where it became a uh, political motivated kind of thing. Kim Fox, who is the unfortunately the state's attorney in Cook County. Uh, she, when this all first came out and what he did, she decided not to prosecute. She said, you know what, he paid a $10,000 bond and he ruined his career, um, although apparently he's directed and produced a movie in this time that hasn't been uh, put out anywhere. Um, but she's like, well, clearly he's done, you know, acting and being on shows, maybe. Um, but she said, you know, he's kind of he's almost let's give him credit for time served kind of thing. And we're not going to charge him. Well, then a special prosecutor came in and said, no, we're not going that way and we're going after this." So, of course, then you get the, what the liberals love to do. They love to beat the drum of the... Oh, you're going against the poor, you know? LG, oh, I see. Person
0: so, so you're, saying, so you're saying, so you're saying that that this was not because the the regular prosecutor didn't prosecute, but a special prosecutor did. That he's being yeah. singled out. Is that his defense? Yep. He doesn't really That's deny. He fact. doesn't deny the facts of what happened, though. Is that right? So,
1: I mean, let let me boil it down this way. The smartest thing that Mr. Smollett has actually said, in my opinion, in this whole thing, is when he was sentenced, uh, as they were bringing him out of the courtroom and and, bringing him back to the holding cell, I assume. uh, And I I found this actually quite amusing, but I'll give him credit. I thought this was an intelligent thing for him in light of the world of uh, Jeffrey Epstein and uh, things like that. He said, as he was walking out of the courtroom, I'm innocent, which, uh, based on what, except that he's saying that a prosecutor is trying to persecute him, but he said, I'm not suicidal. <laughs> uh, I found that to be the most intelligent thing he said through this whole ordeal in light of the fact that now, uh, they, they held him in, um, but, but again in light and why he he exactly went into protective actions, custody he world.
0: went he went right yeah. into protective custody uh, and especially after making that comment uh, basically yeah. suggesting that because he's a famous guy, quote-unquote, that he is going to somehow, something bad is going to happen to him in prison so he's the victim now once again because when he goes to prison be be aware, something's going to happen to me, and that's exactly. one, possibly one of the reasons that they put him in uh, to protective custody, but then he got immediately released out, how does that happen? How do you go to jail, you're remanded into custody boom, then you're released out right away how did that happen
1: so this is uh, again rather odd very and this is uh, what i would call abnormal you can appeal decisions of course that's our justice system but they appealed the decision of a jury so it's, it's very hard to overcome a jury decision uh judge decision sure but jury decision very hard to overcome but they appealed the jury decision it's a small sentence 150 days a fine um, he would have gotten credit for time served. So I doubt he would have even if he would have gone to his prison sentence, he probably would have only been there for maybe 70 days. Um, the his defense team argued that, again, safety issues, you know, concerns about, yeah, you know, would he get harmed in while serving time? The other thing was they said, well, he has a autoimmune issue. And so because of covid, we need to get him out of there because he might you know have health problems and then they said well and by the time the appeal is heard he will have served his time by then and then it will be kind of, essentially kind of a moot point so gosh we need to get him out so that we can have this appeal have the appeal go through and not have him serve that time and, and isn't it isn't it normally
0: isn't it normally though that that if you appeal a case and there is a substantial reason to believe that you could win on the appeal, then a judge would release you on bond but not just because you appealed, especially when you have uh, the facts are so clear cut. You're not going to get new facts. You're going to have to go to an appeals court on some issue of the law to appeal. You're not going to be able to appeal the facts that have already been determined by the trier of the facts, which is the jury. Uh, This is very unusual that he got to be released least on bond but and and was it the same judge that that ruled that was over the case the same trial judge or is this an appeals judge that lets him out of jail
1: this is the appellate judge who uh, allowed for this so yeah i do not see uh, now of course they're gonna uh nitpick and um try to sort through everything that happened during the case and what the trial court judge allowed or stated uh there are many complaints by uh small attorneys saying that when the uh the the trial court judge gave out the sentence and you know reprimanded Jesse that um that yeah it was abnormal how he reprimanded him and spoke so poorly to him. And good grief. Are are we so concerned now in our world that even the judge has to be nice and gentle and saying to somebody Hey, you lied and you took time, you know, time and resources out of actual crimes that could have been solved. But now we have to make sure that we're being gentle. Yeah, I I think that I think the problem with
0: with the whole story was that you would have two Trump supporters in downtown Chicago. I think when you start with that, (laughs) <laughs> you, you you won't find two Trump supporters in downtown Chicago, especially at right. three o'clock in the morning in the winter. Yep. You're, you're just not going to yep. find two Trump supporters walking down the street with bleach and a noose at three o'clock in the morning exactly. in Chicago. I mean, and, and there's a number of comedians that now have whole bits. On on juicy smole, uh, but that's fa- that's that's fascinating. You you gotta love Chicago politics and Chicago law. Yep. Uh, all this right, so
1: Hollywood Hollywood darling who wanted to make a political statement against uh, Trump and also try to accelerate his career, as I see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, go to a more serious case. A couple of years ago, uh, Armad Arbery. And a young black man who uh, the allegation is that he was just jogging around exercising and he was confronted by a father and son and ended up being uh, shot and killed. Now, there's a lot more to the story. Uh, Some of the allegations were and there's a lot of facts to back this up that maybe he wasn't jogging. Maybe he had a history of going into some of these houses under construction and those kinds of questions were 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 brought up uh, before the trial, a lot of other evidence about his uh, criminal history. Uh, this father was apparently some kind of a former law enforcement officer. Uh, Paul, also, uh, the police actually asked him to take it, this into his own hands. So he goes out with his son and his son has a shotgun and they find this man and this young man running and their thought was, we're going to hold him until the police get here. So he gets out of the car, the son and holds a shotgun on him. And then a, a, a fight ensues over the weapon. The weapon is discharged and Armand Aubrey dies. Now I did not know how this trial would go. I I felt that probably the father and son were going to be guilty of something. Um, it probably something more like manslaughter. Or, or some kind of crime that would indicate that they were acting outside of their scope of what authority they had. They weren't law enforcement officers and this wasn't something they should have gotten involved in and the use of maybe too much force. But it turns out if I understand it right, that these two men, the father and son, even though there was a video of the fight over the gun, um, they're going away for life. Is that right? Right.
1: That's correct. Yeah. Now, the, and the interesting thing here is in Georgia, where this occurred, there was a, there was an actual, like, citizen arrest law, an actual statutory law that's been around ever since the Civil War. Um, it has now been repealed, apparently, probably, specifically because of this case. Um, but in this area, yeah, in this case, a pivotal point was, you have a law that actually says that a citizen can go out and detain someone who they believe has committed a crime until the police arrive? The question here is, yeah, did this individual, this uh, Ahmad Arbery, was he the individual that was apparently breaking into homes in that area? Um, there's questions about, you know, were there actual reports made of someone breaking into the homes in these areas? uh, you know, in this area, you know, the first, yes, there was now they're saying, well, no, actually we don't think anybody has reported, uh, you know, someone breaking into the homes, um, but yeah, the father and son, and then a neighbor came out as well, um, who I guess assisted them and, and record. I, yeah. I think he was just, a, he recorded, was just videotaping
0: but, the whole thing and he right. ended up getting charged as well. Did he get the same stiff right. sentence?
1: As they did. I don't believe he did. No, he uh, that I you might need to double check me on that one. He sh- I don't believe he did. I um, wouldn't I would, I would uh, be a little disturbed if he, if he did. I mean, for simply recording something, you would. Think but we that, know that the know, father
0: Irish. we know that the father and the son, they, they got life, um, which right. which I thought was extreme that they got life. Obviously, you know, I want to make it clear. We don't we don't think that this young man who is out doing whatever should have died, even if he was sure. breaking into houses. We don't think he should have died. That's clear. Absolutely. And I, I also think as a, a gun owner myself and a gun rights advocate myself, even even sworn police officers these days can't use deadly force without getting into trouble. Uh, Can you imagine you're not a law enforcement officer and you're going to go out and take the chance of using deadly force and think that maybe you're going to be able to do that and have some kind of a defense? So in the law, um, is there some kind of an argument that uh, basically, even though there was a fight over the gun, which is clear in the video, that had they not brought that gun there wouldn't have been a fight over a gun. Is there some theory in the law that allows for, the fight over that gun to not be self-defense because there shouldn't have been a gun there in the first place. Maybe that would be your argument that you should have driven and followed the, the young man called 9-1-1, let law enforcement handle it. You shouldn't have even had a gun there. If there wasn't a gun there, there wouldn't have been a fight over a gun and there wouldn't have been a death because once you get into that moment where there's the fight over the gun, now If I lose control of my gun, this is the same thing that happened with the Trayvon Martin case. They said Trayvon Martin was not armed. He was not armed, but he would have been armed if he was able to get control of George Zimmerman's firearm. That's the same thing that a lot of police officers face. They, They have an unarmed suspect that they go up against. And then the narrative is unarmed suspect. Well, they're unarmed Only until they get the police officer's gun, then they are armed. So is there something in the law that would is what really was the argument here that the gun should have never been brought uh, to this confrontation? And that's why they were guilty.
1: I think it's a valid argument, because when it comes to self-defense issues, the law is pretty, is stated pretty clearly as I see it. Uh, you are only to present a type of self-defense based on, you know, the assault or battery that's coming at you. Um, you know, best I, best I can use for an example is, uh, if you remember the, uh, movie, the Untouchables movie all those years ago with Kevin Costner and Sean Connery, um, where they, you know, would say if you're going to, uh, in, in Chicago, if you're going to bring Uh, a knife to a gun fight, you know, obviously kind of thing, you know, you you know, who's going to win that fight. But in the law, if you're in a knife fight, you better not bring a gun Um, because you're going to say, well, your level of defense is higher than what the level of attack that was
0: coming. against. So if, if Armand Aubrey is not armed, then what I should have done if I'm the young man who's the son is I get out without the gun and I subdue him that way. Because he doesn't have a gun. I'm not going to. And I always tell my students in my firearms classes, don't ever brandish a firearm. Don't ever even show the firearm unless you're prepared to use the firearm. And that means that the circumstances must be such that you feel justified if you're going to show it that you can use it. Because otherwise, if you're not going to use it, it can be taken away from you. But in this case. Maybe the, the, the shotgun should have never left the truck.
1: Right. And the, you know, I would say also, obviously in, in the legal standard, you can use deadly force in self-defense when you feel that someone is, uh, again, going to, 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 to kill you, you know, going to hurt you, what that you fear for your life. If you're going to use deadly force for protection of property, you're going to lose that case. Um, so even if uh, um ahmad Arbery was was the individual breaking into these homes, can you bring a shotgun to stop him from breaking into homes? No uh, uh, you know, you can't use deadly force to protect property. okay. You can use deadly force to protect yourself, but not property, yep.
0: Yeah, I think we agree on that. and i and I also think that being a police officer is hazardous enough. And we'll transition into that right now. So there were these two uh, police shootings that happened about a year ago, and they were both unique because they were captured very well on the uh, body cam. Uh, The body cam footage was very clear of both of these and sort of depending on your perspective, maybe you would side with the police. Maybe you wouldn't side with the police. But uh, in the one case in particular, I remember that there there was a a very young uh, suspect. I believe he was a a young teenager and he was he was he showed his hands, but then he made a move. And in that motion to make that move is when he was shot. And there was this huge debate about whether or not, Uh, that was justified or not. So both of these cases, there was body cam footage. They were covered in the news. But in both cases, these officers were not charged. And oddly enough, there hasn't been any riots or looting or burning down Michigan Avenue as a result. Uh, Tell us about these two cases and and why you think they uh, they made the decision not to charge the police.
1: So both uh, obviously in Chicago, uh, again, you know, I'm always amazed that uh, Chicago is such a, uh, a gun-free zone, but yet you constantly have people <laughs> with guns all over the place. Right. Um, so, unfortunately, yeah. One was a 13-year-old individual, Adam Toledo. The other is a 22-year-old individual, Anthony Alvarez. Um, the the unfortunate thing with, um, well, yeah, with with the younger individual, Adam Toledo, 13. Uh, That's again, crazy. Both, 13 years old. Yep. Wow. Both were, were, both were being chased by officers on foot. Um the, uh, uh, Adam, the 13 year old, um he stopped there. Yep, there was a, he clearly had a gun in his, in one of his hands. Uh, the officer ordered him to stop several times. Um the, of course, the family is now arguing that the officer fired on the 13 year old. Uh, because when he was throwing the gun away, they're saying the argument is that the young man made the quick you know, motion with his hand. Uh, there was something about, he was near a fence, I believe, and he was trying to throw the, uh, the pistol, uh, in his hand, probably through the fence, probably to get it out of his hand, to avoid more criminal charges against him. Um. But, in the process of making that sudden movement, the officer fired upon him um one time this it was a very quick reaction, like less than a second with yeah. the hand movement the officer fired um uh one to, one shot uh did try to he tried to render c p r aid um but you know it was obviously unsuccessful um he was not charged uh because the the uh, State's attorney's office uh, and also a separate appellate prosecutor reviewed this as well. And they said uh, that the officer acted properly with the Anthony Alvarez issue. Um, the question here is, no, Mr. Alvarez was definitely holding a gun. Um, the officer, however, shot him in the back, in the back of the knee. Uh, they, the officer did the shooting has been uh, he was uh, stripped of his police powers. Um, he could face some disciplinary charges on this one. I think it's probably because of, you know, shooting in the back. Um, but again, uh, if you're, uh, you know, I think back on, and, and this one, uh, you know, predates me a little bit. Um, uh, what was the old seventies, uh, detective show? Was it, um, oh, uh, he always said, if you, don't do the crime. Oh, Beretta. The t- uh, Beretta,
0: Beretta. Well, there and, we and go. isn't it in the law too? If you're a fleeing felon, so if if you're a fleeing felon, and I'm the police officer, and I believe that as you are fleeing as a felon, that you uh, pose a risk to the public, I can I can right. take you out, even if you're not posing a risk right. to me at that moment. If if you're like running into a crowded mall with a gun and you refuse my order to stop. I can take you out. And the justification is you were going into a mall with a lot of people and you could have very well fired that um, among other people. So I had a justification to protect others to take you out. So is that the legal justification, a fleeing felon in this particular case?
1: Right. You could, um, you know, again, we argue self-defense while there can also be transference of self-defense. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Not just protecting yourself, but are you needing to protect others that may be in harm's way um this one uh I, there's no doubt about it he was fleeing the officers were ordering to you know ordering him to stop he had a gun in his hand uh in both situations yeah there was sudden movements by uh the deceased you know that had you know they had made uh movements that made the officers fire um i, I can tell you though that the, the alvarez one's a little under a little more scrutiny because of the fact that you know, there's shot in the back. Um, the, the, of course the families are suing. Um, and then, uh, the, the big thing they're, they're questioning right now is the policy of the Chicago police department and how to instruct officers on how to properly
0: to pursue someone on foot. Hmm. That's the big challenge right now. Um, Which Which you'll probably turn out to be don't pursue them. And then now, you know, you can shoplift up to a certain amount of money and not be prosecuted and you can run away from crimes and not be pursued because don't they have a no pursuit on speed, high speed pursuits? Isn't that already in place in Chicago? Like the high speed car chases, they 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 discourage them from pursuing because (laughs) of the risk to the public.
1: Yeah, and it's unfortunate Uh, for this purpose. It is unfortunate because it it goes down to situations of families suing, people suing, and then, of course, cities, municipalities say, well, we can't have the bad press. We can't have all those legal damages, so what do we do? Well, just stop, stop pursuing them.
0: Yeah there, um, there won't be any shootings you, yeah there won't be any shootings anymore if we just let him go so that'll just uh right. resolve the problem quickly moving to two national stories now the first one is these these January 6th cases which we're not hearing a lot about in the media of course we yeah. have said it here on this which show we should be
1: concerned about.
0: Yeah, I yeah, you should exactly. be
1: concerned that you're not yeah. about Well, you,
0: you and I would agree, I'm I'm sure you would agree that and I said it on this show that we never once supported anybody Going into the Capitol and vandalizing and making threats and breaking windows and spray painting and knocking over statutes. All of those were crimes and they should have been punished as crimes. But when you see the unevenness of justice, when you see those crimes being prosecuted differently than, say, BLM protesters that tried to burn down a courthouse, tried to burn down a high school, and they're given... Uh, no jail time at all. And some of these January 6th defendants are being held almost in like uh, almost like a, a military tribunal style of prosecution where they're not given access to attorneys. They're being held for months and months and months without due process, without being charged. They're they're being denied access to a speedy trial. Uh, what do you know about uh, what's still going on with these January 6th defendants?
1: These cases, for me as an attorney, for me as a citizen of the United States, for anybody who is concerned about the future of our legal process, these should shake you to your core. Because right now you have people who have been held for more than a year, have not been charged, have not been allowed to seek legal counsel, have not been given their speedy the right to a speedy trial, Those are violations of Article 5, Article 6, Article 8 of the Bill of Rights. Those are core principles of our right to justice in the United States. And our federal government right now is doing, well, so many things, but this one is alarming. This is like King George has come back from the dead and is doing whatever he did to all of us as colonialists to make us declare independence. Uh, the fact that there are people that have been held and not, again, not charged, not been told what the you know, crimes that they actually are being charged with. There are some that have medical issues, that they're being put in um, solitary confinement. They're not being treated for medical issues. There's an individual with uh, a broken wrist. There's an individual with cancer, and they're not receiving the medical treatment. This is shocking and appalling, I cannot believe that this is not on the front page of every every media outlet every single day until this is resolved.
0: And it's because it was January 6th and because right. there are some on the left that believe that the Constitution is suspended when they deem the crime to be such that these people are not entitled to their rights. And that's not what this country uh, was founded on even the most egregious oh, yeah. murderer is allowed to have their due process rights and these individuals certainly are not criminals of that caliber and they're being denied their due process what a horrible horrible tragedy for our constitution to see this happening Absolutely. and we'll close it out with roe versus wade so a lot of these states now are are putting in these laws where once there's a heartbeat, so once you're like six or eight weeks into a pregnancy, they're saying that you cannot have an abortion. I'm all for getting rid of all abortions, but at least this heartbeat idea Uh, is a great compromise, at least if we have to compromise. That's a great one. Uh, But still, Roe v. Wade is the law of the land, at least for now. But you think that might change? There might be a chance that that could be overturned by this particular Supreme Court.
1: Right. We have a Dobbs v. Jackson case coming up. Well, it's already been argued. We're literally waiting for the decision to be given out. Uh, The Dobbs v. Jackson case is in Mississippi uh a law that prevents uh an abortion from occurring after 15 weeks of pregnancy um that's you know several months into the pregnancy it has been clearly shown that the child can feel can sense pain in the womb at that time even before that time uh so they've put this law saying we're not going to allow the abortion after 15 weeks um I think it's a good chance that the, this is going to win, that this is going to win at the Supreme Court level. Understand, the Roe v. Wade case, if you are a scholar of the law or of our rights, Roe v. Wade is a very bad decision. Using the 14th Amendment as a means to give a, a woman a right to kill a child is, I think, just an abomination of justice. Um, the other thing is this. Our Supreme Court is not supposed to write laws uh, the legislative branch of our country, they are tasked with the job of writing laws. If the Supreme Court has a decision that they say, we don't like how this is, we think this is unconstitutional, then they had better send it back to the legislative branch to write a law that addresses what they need to to make it constitutional, not have five justices sit on their thrones and write hand down laws uh, against the people of the United States. Abraham Lincoln himself said, but if we start having decisions that are, our lives are determined by Supreme Court decisions, we will have failed. We will no longer be the rulers of our own nation.
0: Very good. And the website is theramseylawfirm.com. Theramseylawfirm.com. Any speaking engagements coming up soon that we can tell people about? Yep.
1: I'm speaking for the Iron Sharpens Iron Men's Conference in Davenport, Iowa. Uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. So just shy of two weeks from now.
0: Very good. Jeremy Ramsey, thank you so much, sir. You're always a, a incredible guy to talk to. You're up on all these cases, and we certainly appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: God bless, Sorry. I love that guy. He's, uh, he's just got an energy, and he explains things in a way that uh, makes a lot of sense to me anyway. I hope it does to you. And every few weeks, we want to have him back on to talk about all of these important legal cases, not only what's happening in areas like Chicago, but also some of these nationwide cases as well. I hope you enjoy tonight's program. And remember, if it's Sunday night... That's right. If it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody. Him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumpercasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at champacasino.com Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. plus.